What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Yolk Christian Podcast. I'm here today, per usual, with the Ecclesiastes book with Codus and Luke. Uh, tell me, like, what are y'all doing? Like, give me an update on your weeks. Like, has it been a good week? Codus? <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, how long are we going to just hold that? Um, but uh, a week uh, going good. We got school this week, and then we got... You know, the old Christian podcast, you know, I got some saltines with me. We're having a good week so far. Good deal. Yeah. Week's been pretty epic thus far. I can tell school's about to ramp up. We're we're mm. nearing the end of the oh, semester. Yeah. yeah. And uh yeah. Got the final <laughs> demo for the song. I'm yeah. On. Swag. Yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna That's be awesome. a good week. I'm so excited. Um <laughs> me too. So <laughs> I guess that would be considered a blessing, but Codus and Luke will go Codus first. Give me a, tell me a blessing that's happened to you this week. Like, tell me how, how is God working in your lives? Um, you know, um, he, he blessed me with another, uh, platform sort of to share Jesus. Another, yeah. He blessed me another way to share the word of Jesus. Yeah. How so? Tell us about it. So I made a, okay. So I made a TikTok account. It's like uh, the official underscore Kermit the Frog. And mm-hmm. so pretty much it's Kermit the Frog preaching the gospel and stuff. I and it, the first two nights, the first two nights, it got over 5,000 followers, and like 50,000 <laughs> some views, insane. like 56 point K now. But it's, it's crazy, man. It's, That's awesome. People are learning about God through uh, the Kermit. Yeah, dude, we <laughs> told you that was going to go viral. I know. We, we yeah, I'm doing all the work. It. No, you're not, Kermit. I'm literally – shut up. I am doing all the work. I'm literally holding the camera for you. No, you're not. <laughs> yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Sorry. He's – Classic. He's hey, a, uh, he's a character. Tell, tell Kermit to leave the room while we feel, uh, do the podcast. Hey, quick. Kermit, you got to leave the room. <laughs> Fine. Uh, I don't want to be here anyway. <laughs> Bye. We'll, uh, we'll feature him later. Yeah, he's a uh, rascal. Feature. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, uh, what about you? What's some blessings? How's God working? Well, I think one of the one of the biggest le- uh, blessings of this week thus far has been uh, I kind of like had a huge repentance moment last night. Hmm. Kind of like just woke me up to how like I've been kind of taking this all, just taking my walk with God lightly and taking the Lord lightly in hmm. a sense, and kind of the gravity of how powerful. And the fact that I say that all the time, but never really thought about it, mm. just how powerful he is and wow. that I've just been kind of doing what I want. And I just, I just sin when I want to take advantage of the grace. I know I'll be forgiven and it's just terrible. But last night I just kind of realized. Yeah. 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 Don't you love those moments though? When, when God just, yeah. just oh, it's, oh, it really, it really is great. I'm yeah. glad that I realized that because yeah, it's not a good place to be. Yeah, for sure. And I think those it's those moments that we can think back on and it really strengthens our faith because we're like, we know for a fact that we felt God there. Like like God revealed himself to us in a way whenever he can uh, show us like such a truth like that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like it, you can't, I feel like you can't find that on your own. No. Like you, you won't find fault in yourself without the Holy Spirit. Ooh, tell him. Tell him. <laughs> tell him. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know, dude, like, it's so weird how my weeks have been going, like, 
I feel like every single day is so uh, eventful that I forget what happens three days prior to. And so, like, like this past week for me has been crazy. Like, I was telling Codus about it. Um, and this was, like, four days ago. And I feel like it happened a month ago kind of thing. So, like, God is blessing me left and right. But it's – so this, this uh, verse 13, which we'll talk about in just a few minutes, um, it was really kind of like – it kind of spoke to me in a way because – which I'll explain it later. Um, it was it was it was nice because it was something I needed to hear. Um, so, I guess to kind of explain that a little bit further, I'll explain it in a minute. But anyway, so today's episode we're talking about Ecclesiastes chapter three. Um, so we, if you've been following us along uh, on Monday evenings, we're recording with Luke, and um, and so we're going through the book of Ecclesiastes. And so, um, if you've listened to the previous podcasts, you know that it seems kind of. Uh, depressing <laughs> and so the reason it seems depressing is because uh constantly like uh, solomon the author of this book he's saying look everything in life is meaningless i've chased after money i've chased after women i've chased after after hard work and and the fruits of my labor i've chased after everything that the world offers and he says there's nothing new under the sun and uh, everything in life is meaningless and then of course this is going to show that it's pointing towards um Christ. It, it really, at this point in time, is pointing towards God, right? And so, um, at one point, and well, I keep wanting to jump ahead, but uh, so he starts out this chapter by stating this. He says that there's a time for everything. He says there's a season for everything. I think this is where a lot of modern day Christians get the season of singleness statement. Um, and so, <laughs> but in reality, it's, it's true. We do have a season for everything. There's a time for everything. Like there's a time to plant. There's a time to harvest. There's a time to tear. And there's a time to build. There's a time to kill. And there's a time to heal. There's a time to cry and a time to laugh. There's a time to grieve and a time to dance. There's a time to love and there's also time to hate. Now, he goes on to list a few more things uh, of uh, certain times for certain things. But uh, I think this can really apply for any uh, any aspect of our lives. Um, I know, like, for example, we've all experienced depression of sorts. And it's basically what brought us all to the faith. Um, well, it is what brought us all to the faith, is our, our depression. And so there's a time for depression and there's a time for joy. There's a, I mean, while I'm reading this, I can't help but remember, like I, I talk about it all the time. I think it's like one of my most like reference verses at this point. And it's in Romans and it's this, the pain that you've been feeling can't compare to the joy that's coming. And so there's, there's a time for pain. There's a time for joy. And when we look at the, the fruits of the spirit, I'm just kind of going off topic here. But when we look at the fruits of the spirit in Galatians chapter five, there's a time for the fruits of the Spirit. Granted, we should be reflecting the fruits of the Spirit in every aspect of our lives all the time. Um, but anger is not a fruit of the Spirit, but yet Jesus showed anger, righteous anger, when he was flipping tables in the temple, right? So there's a time for anger, righteous anger, and there's a time for peace. There's a time for chaos. There's a time for peace. There's a time, anyways, there's a time for everything, right? There's a season for everything. And so, but it's important to note that for example, uh, Jesus's anger in the season, the, the timing that it was uh, okay to have, it's important to note the context. So the reason that Jesus was angry at individuals was because they were disrespecting the temple. They were disrespecting God. And they were doing that by uh, making it a marketplace. And uh, they were basically price gouging the individuals there. Mm -hmm. um, so anyways, so that's why Jesus got uh, righteously angry. And then anyways, I could talk about that in another 30 minutes. With that being said. <laughs> right. Um, yes and no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, the, the three things that I say. With that being said, yes and no, and there's another one. Um, so anyways. But so anyways. So anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, messing with you. 
So anyways, um, <laughs> but no, so Solomon goes on to say that everything is beautiful in its own time. You're and beautiful, so, Luke. What now? I said, Luke, you're beautiful <laughs> in your That's own right. time. That's right. Oh, in my own time. No, yeah, not not now. Hey, you are both beautiful every way. One of these days. Day. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. But Me too. Uh, I want to. <laughs> Thank you. I kind of want to sit on that for a second, though. That everything is beautiful in its own time. Yeah. So, what do you think everything includes? Um, everything. Everything. Right? Um. Yeah, it's really. Yeah, Everything. but even yeah. bad times. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, 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 oh. oh yeah, you see that? Yeah, exactly. And so I go back to all of our testimonies, and in the moment mm-hmm. when we're depressed, we're thinking, "This is bad. This is this is bad, bad." <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. Everything is beautiful in its own time. So now, all mm-hmm. of us, we can look back at our depression and we can say, "Yeah, okay, well, it was obviously beautiful because God used that to guide me towards yeah. Him." So it was beautiful, right? Yeah, I've been noticing that a lot lately. Like, I've been, like, looking back, like, wow, okay, this is why this happened. This happened for a reason so that this could happen, you know? Exactly. It's just cool. God uses good – God uses evil for good. Exactly. Yes. And so even – you said evil. So even evil is good. Even evil is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And why is evil beautiful? Because, well, in the philosophical terms – we can't have good without evil. We can't have evil without good. And so evil is beautiful because it allows for good. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, just yeah I know a, what you mean. <laughs> just a little side thought. <laughs> I get you, dog. Um, but then Solomon, uh, he goes on to talk about how, and Codis, we quote this all the time in this podcast. Yes. He, he says that God has placed eternity in the human heart. And um, I was about to go on about a 30-minute tangent about the tree of life, but I'm not going to. So, but God, Why not? Why not? Because I, it's, it's way off topic. Um, All right. <laughs> but, but God has placed eternity in the human heart. Why? Because we, we have this belonging. We have this, this uh, what word am I looking for? A, desire? A, a desire. They were perfect. We have a yearning. To, to seek something after this life. Because we all know, mm-hmm. we all inherently know that this life is meaningless, as Solomon <laughs> keeps repeating. Like, every, like, agnostic or every, like, atheist, like, they're always like, oh, man, I wonder what happens. Like, they're, they're, like it's natural for humans to wonder, like, what is yeah. next? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and so it's also interesting that on uh, God has also written his law on each of our hearts. So we, yeah. we, we all seek A moral, and we – exactly. And we all seek to follow the laws written on our hearts. Um, but – Solomon goes on to say that we can't see God's work from beginning to end. And so mm-hmm. um, what that means is and the reason why he's saying it is because we don't know what good can come from bad. Like we talked yeah. about our depression. We don't see now. the whole story. Exactly. And so when we see the bad stuff of this world, yeah, it seems bad from the human perspective. But in reality, mm-hmm. it can be used for God's good. Yeah, me and a friend were talking about that last night. We were like, oh, what was it? It was something about like how – you know, God is like, right. He's like an author, you know, we're live, mm-hmm. we're, we're the characters in his book and yes. the, and what we are in our current moment is being written as we go along. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, as the character don't know what's going to happen. The author already knows what's going to happen a few yep. pages ahead, but yep. we, as the character, we don't know what's going to happen. We're yep. living in the moment. And, you know, that kind of goes back, this kind of little going off topic, that goes back to kind of Matthew six. And it says, mm. do not worry about the future because you don't know what's going to happen. And don't worry about the past because the past has already happened. What's done is done. Yeah. We're living in the moment. Stay in the moment. 
And that's... Yeah, Luke, did you have something to say? No, I was just agreeing. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Cotis. Um, it, it's like, don't worry about today for tomorrow. Sorry, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has enough worries of its own. So worry about today. Yeah. Uh, it's not even saying worrying about today, but um, and so focus on today. But um, so he goes on to say Solomon does in Ecclesiastes chapter three. He says, so be happy and enjoy ourselves, because a lot of times this world, as he keeps pointing out, it seems meaningless. It seems dark. It seems awful. Right. Yeah. And so because we don't know what good can come from the bad, he's saying, be happy. Enjoy yourselves because don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Be happy. Oh, oh we're, we're singing different songs here. <laughs> All right. That's fine. Anyway, uh, two examples. <laughs> um, but so. This is the verse that I really enjoyed uh, hearing, and it says, this is verse 13. It says, enjoy the fruits of your labor, for these are gifts from God. Mm, and so I've, yeah. Had, yeah. I've had a lot of things like, popping up in life recently, and like yeah. I felt guilty because why is God blessing me and not people that are working harder than I am in certain aspects? And so I I've, see where this is. Yeah, and so it's at the same token, I read this verse. It says, enjoy the fruits of your labor, for these are gifts from God. And so... I enjoyed this particular verse because I know I don't need to feel guilty because this is God simply saying, here you go. It's a gift from God. Um, yeah. So it's similar to Christmas time, right? Like we get a Christmas gift. Time. <laughs> we get a gift and um, we're supposed to receive it, of course, and then be, be grateful. Um, mm-hmm. But you don't argue about a gift. You'd be like, no, no, no. Take this back. You know, it's a gift. Uh, similar to the fruits of our, our labor. It's a, yeah. it's a gift from God. So um, and then. Solomon uh, it kind of changes pace here, and he uh, he goes on to say he says that God's actions are final. And so, what does he mean by that? Um, well, he goes on to say that he wants or God wants people to fear him. And so, yeah, God wants spooky people... man. What now? He's a spooky man. A spooky man. I for those who for those yeah say. for those who don't like God and those who like kind of you mm. know. Okay, good point. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no. That's a whole change in itself. Yeah. If if you're not a child of God, you should be fearful. And when I mean fearful, I mean like scared mm-hmm. fearful. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, we look at all the things that happen to the, like, um, I, this is the first thing that pops in my head is um, when Elijah faced the uh, ball, Baal, I always forget how to say it, um, B-A-A-L. And so basically, long story short, uh, God ran fire down on a, uh, basically a wooden platform to go to show that he is God and not Baal or Baal is God. And so, I mean, many a times God's smited, smit, um, smited, that yeah. works, smited or, or stroke, struck, 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 oh, uh, there we go. struck whole cities because of their wickedness. Like we look at mm-hmm. Sodom and Gomorrah. Exactly. And it, he was, which is Sodom and Gomorrah is pretty much modern day earth, but facts um and i mean he was about to do the same thing to nineveh but yet they chose to repent so anyways that's a, a cool story in and of itself mm-hmm. um and so maybe there's still a chance for the world to repent we don't know maybe they will Let's maybe hope. they won't probably not but it's fine um, <laughs> someday they're gonna have to well well someday they aren't gonna be forced to repent but sometimes they're gonna they're, they're, they're gonna wish they you know, yeah, they're going to be uh, they're going to face the consequence of their own actions for sure. Yeah. Um, and so but going back to what Solomon's saying here, he's saying God's actions are final. And so he wants people to fear or God wants people to fear him. And so then to explain this further, he goes on to say that history repeats itself for a reason. And so if you mm-hmm. read a couple of chapters before, he, he says literally that history repeats itself. But why? Why do you think that history repeats itself? Why do you think he adds this? 
What do y'all think? Um. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I I can't think of anything other than the fact that he wants us to know what's going to happen next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a good good uh, observation. And I also had something to add to what you said earlier yeah. about like people should be fearful of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so like I was talking about last night, that moment of like, I guess, uh, what's the word? Dang, I'm probably not <laughs> going to get it right now. But uh, I was watching this YouTube video last night and it's this guy saying that like God came to him in a dream. And uh, he wasn't a Christian yet, but he saw everyone getting judged and everyone had their, like, sins, like, written on their chest or oh, something. Oh, yeah, I think I saw a video yeah, like that. Yeah, and he was just saying that everyone was getting judged and it was perfectly righteous, mm-hmm. which is, like, a really cool way to say it. Where, But this is my point is that, like, a lot of people, Christians included, get kind of wrapped up in the whole, like, lovey-dovey Jesus stuff, (laughs) which is, yeah, it's true. He loves you very much, but he's perfectly righteous, which means he must judge and he must punish. And Mm -hmm. so since he's God and since he's powerful, I think that deserves something to be feared, respected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that goes back to the very... The very beginning, it says there's a time for love and a time for hate. So in this situation, there's a time for love and there's a time for, for, yeah. for judging. Absolutely. I agree. Um, and I wish sometimes that I wish that people would face a hint of judging just so that they could be like, oh, I need to fix this. And I think sometimes people do. Conviction, um, right? It's technically sort of. Isn't that roughly what like kind of conviction is? Like roughly, um, For loosely? Christians. For Christians, yeah, like we feel the conviction through the Holy Spirit. So like that's like a like, hey, fix this kind of thing. So in that regard, mm-hmm. yeah. But if like somebody's not saved and they don't have the Holy Spirit, so they can't mm. feel convicted. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, now, granted, like God can use uh, situations like, um, for example, we talked about it last time that the video of that atheist where he said, if God was real, lightning would strike in three, two, one, then it struck or whatever. Um, like we, God can still use situations like that to kind of be like, hey, like hinting towards like. You need to maybe mm-hmm. fix something. And the thing is, that happens, and people are like, oh, that's not God. Exactly. And yeah. So that's why mm-hmm. I, sometimes I wish there would be a little bit more stronger of, a, of a, um, yeah. a, a sign, which granted, biblically speaking, there is plenty of times where that happens. So every time, like, uh, the Israelites were told to, uh, to basically um, get rid of all of the, what am I thinking of, as they were traveling through different lands uh, on their way to the promised land, they were supposed to get rid of all of the statues of Molech. Um, and so mm-hmm. um, when they did not do that, God would um, punish them. So um, similarly, there's other, there's other times where like, I don't know, like there's times where God was very dramatic, not really dramatic, but very judging or justful. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one big apparent. Yes. That's what I'm looking for. And so sometimes, I mean, and, and history does repeat itself like, um, uh, Solomon is saying here, and so and there's been many countries that have faced that judgment because of their wickedness, and so I think this is just me speaking. I think that if America doesn't repent, I think we're in the Nineveh stage right now, where yeah. if we don't repent, mm-hmm. then we will be struck like those all those other cities found in, in the Old Testament. Um, so, anyways, so he goes on to say that history repeats itself. Like I, I told y'all a little bit before this uh, this podcast, but have y'all y'all have heard the story or like the saying like hard times make strong men strong men create hard times 
Or sorry, mm-hmm. no, sorry, I messed up. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. And so it's an mm-hmm. endless cycle. Um, yeah. That's not. That's not necessarily it. what now. Oh, I disagree. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not necessarily a biblical premise, but it doesn't go against scripture. And so I think it's a good. Uh, I guess it's not an analogy, but it's a good way to kind of simplify how history repeats itself. And so. Uh, Solomon, he goes on to say that um, that because history repeats itself, obviously God wants people to fear him. So how does God repeat himself? Well, if we're looking at hard times create strong men, God uh, uses hard times as a fear or as a reason for them to fear him. And then when we look at strong men create good times, obviously people would tend to um, rebuke God at that point. And so what he does is, um, good times create weak men, and so the, the weak men create hard times. So just as history is cyclical, so God is also with his methods of fear, introducing fear to us. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, that can be um, a self-revelation or something along the lines of where like a near-death experience, or that can be something as grand as an entire city uh, falling under fire kind of thing. Um, and so there's many different ways, but Ultimately, the way that I, uh, obviously as Christians, there's a, we don't, we talk, I guess we didn't really talk about it at the beginning of this podcast, but uh, we did talk about how somebody that's not a child of God should have a legitimate fear of God, but somebody that is a child of God, they should have more of a high reverence of God. That, is, that would be the definition of fear at that point, um, like a, a respect kind of thing. And so um, I, th- we, I think we did talk about this on the previous podcast, one of the other Ecclesiastes ones. Um, but ultimately, of course, that just means that, or maybe we didn't, I don't know, but ultimately, of course, that just means that, uh, we need to know what God is capable of and know that he loves us enough to spare us of that condemnation. Mm-hmm. And so that is what that, that fear of God means as for a child of God. Um, and, uh, also mm-hmm. the fact that he loves us enough to punish us in the first place. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's very true. Like yeah. that, to me, that's even stronger. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, so to kind of wrap up Ecclesiastes chapter three, uh, Solomon goes on to talk about how corruption is everywhere. He says it's even in, in the legal system. Um, he says that God will judge all for both their good and their bad actions. And so as a result of that, he goes on to add, of course, again, life is meaningless, like chasing the wind. Uh, he says, um, this is kind of an interesting analogy he makes. So he says that we are like animals. So, um, this is the way I imagine it. So just as we can control and have dominion over animals, God also has dominion over us. And so ultimately both we and animals must die. And so we were created out of dust and we will, our fleshly bodies, we will return to dust. Likewise, same with animals. They were uh, created from dust. And so they will return back mm-hmm. to dust. And so in that sense, we are like animals. Um, and so he goes on to say that, of course, both must die, dust to dust. And so from the human perspective, we're like animals because there is no way to physically prove what happens to us after death. And so this, mm-hmm. is, this is what Solomon is saying. There is no way to prove what happens to us after death. And so he says that this is our gamble in life. This is our gamble. It's, it's, it's what we believe about after death, what happens. So, of course, it, it is a gamble in reality because, like, you look at Islam, and they believe that they, if they are, do everything right, they'll receive the 42 virgins after death, right? You look at uh, Hinduism. Uh, they believe that they're going to be reincarnated, some of them into a cow, some of them into other things. Um, but 
ultimately it is a gamble because there is no legitimate way to prove what happens after death because once we're dead, obviously we can't come back. And so the only way that we can, uh, we as Christians, we, we believe what happens is because what's contained in the Bible, right? Um, but again, I'll reiterate the point that there is no legitimate way to prove what happens after death. We just believe. Mm-hmm. And so that's the gamble in life that we have is what we believe. Um, so he says, since there is no proof, we might as well just be happy. <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. so, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. It, it's like, so basically it's just like, just quit thinking about it. Quit worrying about it. Just be happy with what you got. You know, like sooner or later you're going to die. You're going to return to the dead. <laughs> just be happy about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, uh, that is essentially it. But I do want to, to, um, my Bible has like a, a footnotes explanation of some things. So I want to read it. I, uh, I like the way it, they worded it. So, um, so it says that our bodies can't live forever in their present state. That obviously makes sense. Um, so in that sense, human and animals are alike, but Solomon acknowledged that God has given people the hope of eternity and that will undergo judgment in the next life. And so making us different from animals, um, because we have eternity planted in our hearts, we have a unique purpose in God's overall plan. Yet we cannot yet discover God's purpose for our lives by our own efforts, only through building a relationship with him and seeking his guidance. I like that. Yeah. And so, um, and then it goes on to ask the question, are you now living as God wants? And do you see life as a gift from him? Because honestly, life is a gift. Yeah. Which uh, we talk a little bit more about life in the next chapter. But so that is it. That is Ecclesiastes chapter three. What are, what are some thoughts? Nice. Not yeah, that that was something entirely different than when I read it. Yeah. That actually made sense. <laughs> Jared's good at that stuff. <laughs> I honestly just think it's my translation. I just think it's easy to understand. Yeah. What translation do you have? When I just read, I'll read a uh, New Living Translation, but when I study, okay. I do uh, ESV. But okay, yeah, I'm reading ESV, and yeah. so it's... it's... Yeah. Mine's like a mix of super easy and super hard. It's never just, eh. Yours is like CSB or something like that, right? Yeah, Christian Standard Bible. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm definitely biased towards NLT. Like, if anybody is ever like, I can't understand this, I'm always like in my head thinking, just go read NLT. Maybe it'll make more sense. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just me. Um, yeah. I think that, wait, I do think before like we, we move on from this, I think it's cool, though, how we all get different stuff from it. I think it's just a matter of what the Holy Spirit wants us to know in each moment. Like, you can read this chapter over yeah. and over and over again, like, and it'll get something different. For That's example, so cool. the Bible is just like that in general. Like, every yeah. I, I've read Matthew so many times in my mm-hmm. life, but I get something new every time. I learn something yeah. new every single time. Yeah, It's yeah. cool. God like, will speak through you. Oh, actually, speaking about that, last mm-hmm. night I was reading or doing a little study, and so um, so this is a quick little side rant here. So in John 1... Uh, one through two, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word was the beginning anything. And then it kind of goes on to talk about and then it brings up Hebrews uh, four twelve, and it says that the word of God is alive and active. And it mm-hmm. talks about how it's sharper than any double edged sword. Blah, 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 blah. But the, the word is alive and active. Like every time I read, I learn something new because the Facts. book is, you know, alive. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I was just reading. Um. The prodigal son again. And, you know, Cotus, we've talked about the prodigal son. I don't know how mm-hmm. many times. We even have, it's a like, good one. It is a really good one. But even I don't know how many times I've read it, but I just got something new the last time I just read it. And uh, and it was – so remember how the prodigal son, he was working in a pigsty? Yeah. Uh, and so he was dirty, filthy, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And it's super neat because when he returned back to his father, he would have been dirty and filthy. But the father being all clean and prestigious and stuff, he didn't care. He embraced him anyways. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, I saw an explanation about this. And it was like, similarly, we are dirty and filthy in our sin. And God doesn't care. He doesn't want us to clean ourselves up before mm-hmm. we get to him. He wants us to run to him in our filth, in the midst of our sin. And he will embrace us in that. And then what did the father do? He gave him a new robe. And so mm-hmm. um, when we run back to the father, he gives us a new robe. He gives us a clean robe. He cleans us up. He cleans us of our sin. And I just, I was just like, dang, I don't know how many times I've read that. But gee, that's another <laughs> good point. Yeah. Um, so, but. Yeah. Um, any last thoughts before we wrap it up? No. Do you want to wrap it up or do you want to keep this two episodes and then do the topic after? Oh, we can just go into episode four. All what right. We're just going into episode four. What's up, everybody? This is the CODIS Christian podcast now. <laughs> um, the other – anyway, so now we're going after four. I'm taking over four. So four pretty much starts off by pretty much saying that it is better to not even be born than to be born. For example, so – and then it says it's better to – be alive than dead but uh, he pretty much says again i observe all the oppression that takes place under the sun i saw the tears of the of the oppressed uh with no one to comfort them the oppressors have great power and their victims are helpless so i concluded that the dead are better off than the living uh, sorry my dogs are barking <laughs> but most fortunate of those are those who are, are not yet born so it's pretty much saying that it's better to be dead than alive, pretty much, but it's even better to not be born yet because you haven't seen all the evil stuff that's going on under the sun. So it pretty mm. much starts off by saying that. And then, Jerry, do you have something to say with that one at all? Or? No, no. All right, cool. Yeah, so pretty much, if you're dead, good job. If you're not born yet, <laughs> keep it that way. Don't be born yet. Because, um, <laughs> you know, some babies, like, you know, parents, how, like, they put the little headphones on the baby's stomach and then, like, they listen to Mozart or something. Yeah. Yeah, so if you're listening to your Christian podcast and you're a little baby, don't be born yet. Just just wait. Uh, wait for the rapture. So, yeah, wait oh, for the rapture. Anyway, and then we start going on to about people. So pretty much it says, um, uh, so then I observe most people and their motivation to success because they envy their neighbors. But this, too, is meaningless, like chasing the wind. So... Fools fold their idle hands, leaning them to ruins. So pretty much, people that aren't doing anything, that's not good. They're kind of ruining them, ruining stuff. But then it says, it is better to have one handful with quietness than two handfuls with hard work in chasing the wind. So for example, say we were working on a project, us three, okay? Mm-hmm. And then Jared, you went to do your own project. Me and Luke were doing our, our project together. You, you're doing just fine. You have your thoughts in your head. You don't have to listen to anyone. You're getting your project done. But see, me and Luke, we're arguing. We're like, no, I don't want that there. You go, you know, we're, we're arguing and we're bickering. And so we're not getting much work done because there's just two people mm. arguing there. But now, so one is better than two there. But now, let me kind of contradict myself here. And then uh, <laughs> this is Saul kind of, this is, wait, who's, who's, this is Saul, Solomon. Yeah. So then Solomon talks about how two people are actually better than one. So if two people can stop, cannot argue, it says that two people are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up, but pity to the one who falls without another to lift him up. So now I'm going to take this into the equally yoked thing. You know, this, this verse can go great with like relationships. So like sure. equally yoked, for example, say like, I'm going to use you and Jenna for an example, because 
It's the first relationship I can think of right now. Sure. But so you and Jenna, one of you grows closer with the Lord. You can bring the other with you. Yeah. But say one stumbles, the other can pick him up. The other can pick mm-hmm. him right up. But say now you're with, say you, Jared, got with an unbeliever. That's not good. It even <laughs> talks about how we shouldn't be getting with unbelievers because what does lawless have with anyway? But yeah, yeah. if you stumble in your faith, that unbeliever is not going to pick you up. Like that unbeliever doesn't believe. So why would they want to be like, oh, no, you know, don't don't be sad. Your, your God is with you. That's just weird. Like, so try to find a companion you can work well with because if you fall, like it says, if you can fall, you can lift him back up. But if you fall alone, you're kind of in trouble. And now, Luke, this next part, this one's for when we become roommates and everything. But it <laughs> says that also if two lie down together, they can keep warm. How can okay. one person alone keep warm? <laughs> and if someone okay, and now this is another good example. So pretty much it talks about there that um if you're if you're in Antarctica, say you ever went to Antarctica and you were like, Oh no, I'm really cold. Hey, luckily you have a buddy there to keep warm. So there's another just an example that he gives of why two is better than one. And now this third example is pretty good. It pretty much talks about how if one person becomes overpowered in a group of three, then that one person becomes overpowered, but then those two, they can revolt and take him out. So say Jared, you know, he got all cocky. He was like, oh, I'm Jared Montana. You know, me and Luke can be like, hey, yo, calm down, buddy, because we got the more people. We got two against one. And it says a cord of three strands is not easily broken because if one person gets overpowered, you have two people to check and be like, yo, what's going on? Come on, dude, chill. But see, you know, if you have two people, Jared could be, Jared's, Jared's taller than me, you know, he could beat me easier, but see, now I got Luke back with me. So three is better than one or, Hey, you know. I'll, I'll, I'll outrun both of y'all. Well, I don't know about that one, buddy. Oh, oh we're racing. We're oh, racing. I, I'm going to smoke I, you. I, I'm going to smoke you. Okay. Okay, dude. Uh-uh. I would smoke you like a... Uh-uh. Like what, what's y'all's 40s? What's y'all's 40s? Uh, I don't remember my 40, but I ran track. I got it written down. One sec. I'm sub five, so beat that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like That's four, fast. nine, two. Oh, I'm I'm smoking you, Kodas. <laughs> nah, bro. I actually don't know. My, one sec. It's on my Twitter, I think. Sub, sub five is so fast. I'm going to beat you, Jared, and it oh, won't even oh, be we'll funny see. for you. You're going to cry. Oh, geez. Okay. Well, maybe I shouldn't race. Okay, 486 pretty... is what it says for my 40 yard sprint. 486. Okay, look at you. No way. Dude, Bro. I'm going to smoke you, buddy. I don't know. I this don't... is going to be the race of, of the ages. Luke, you're going to join us, too. Yeah. That goes I'll, let you, I'll let you two race, and then I'll race the winner. No, 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 no. Oh, no, we're not tired. giving you those privileges. No, no. Yeah. I'm a yeah, really no, done kind of man. That's fine. My wife will, uh, she'll record, and we'll all race. She can race, too. I don't care. <laughs> I'm probably gonna tear a hammy. <laughs> yeah, we'll stretch. Like we'll stretch. <laughs> um, wait, before uh, before we get too distracted though, like I do want to talk more about the the two or better than one. Oh yeah, three. yeah. I, I really like this. I like this. First. Yeah, because um, we're not done. There's still more to the chapter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like you talked about relationships, and so it yeah, says that three are even three are even better. And well, when it comes to like with with me and my wife, right? So. Uh-huh. Obviously, there's only two people in this relationship. This isn't a polygamous relationship. <laughs> You're not um, Mormon. No, um, <laughs> but uh, so how how can me and my wife? How can we incorporate the third strand? We incorporate God into it, and so oh, yeah, and I so, like it. And so there's an analogy I've probably told on the podcast before, but 
Um, I mean, when we incorporate God as the center of our lives and we wrap our lives around God, it not only strengthens our relationship, but it strengthens our relationship with God too. And so, uh, for example, um, honestly, it was probably like a couple months ago, my wife, she, she goes, she said, Jared, I haven't seen you uh, read your Bible in a while. And I was like, Ugh. Oh, and so, but that's it's, a scary feeling. Wait, but it's just like that, you know, because that's, that's where not only accountability partners, but, life partners, but we are this, this, this cord. And so if, uh, if I'm slacking, obviously she can help pick me up. Um, and, I don't know. So it's just really cool. And then I uh, just to finish that thought. So it's, it's similar to a triangle, how when it comes to our relationship with God. So if, if I'm at the bottom right, she's at the bottom left of a triangle and God's at the top. Well, as we glow, sorry, glow, as we grow closer to God, we both grow closer together. Uh, and so Aww, I like that. Yeah. And so the, <laughs> the best way to increase or to uh, to better your marriage i'm who am i to speak i've only been married for a year or whatever um, and i'm not even good at it but um <laughs> is I, she I'm, listening I'm better, right now yeah no i'm better at uh saying what i should do rather than doing it um so i'm a hypocrite but aren't we all so yeah. um but like honestly the, the best way to increase any relationship not even just with the spouse any relationship even if it's just a friendship like you the bunk buddies over here um it is to, <laughs> I kind of like that bunk buddies. Bunk um, buddies. But I'm starting best. a new podcast. I love it. <laughs> the bunk buds bros. Bunk <laughs> bros. Um, it's a but, strand of your. I love that. Um, but the best way to grow closer together, stronger together, is by keeping God in the center. And so, as you grow, both grow closer to God. You can grow closer together. Um, but, anyways, so I think it's actually kind of cool because Codus, you and I, with this podcast, we were thinking for the longest time like we were just missing something. And so now yeah. we've got we've got Luke in it, and so now we have a three of us, and so it's kind of kind of cool. Cord, we've got a cord. Yeah, so. I, I really like Luke. I've told you this before, but like it really feels complete now that we have three here. Like it felt good with me and Jared, but now we have a third one, and it just it's, it's, I love it. That's like it's the awesome. perfect number. Yeah, it's a pretty good number. I'm a triplet. If y'all didn't know that, I think what? You did. Are you I really? didn't know you had did I not tell did I, I not Dude, I didn't know you were Luke, we don't really know you to be honest, Luke. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, well, anywho, I have two brothers. We're all born at the same time. And what? A, a sister, but she's younger and whatever. Okay. So are you first, third, or second? I'm the firstborn. Hey, my man. If I was oh, with you, I'd dab yeah. you up. Oh yeah. <laughs> but That's yeah. kinda cool. So three's a good number. Huh. What do you know? The more you know. Yeah, yeah, three, the Holy Spirit, you know, that's that's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. John well, 3, 16. kind of wanted to say something about this verse, uh, just the 4, 9 through 12. Mm-hmm. Just uh, into, like out of terms of a like romantic relationship or just, I mean, I guess I'm just putting it in like friendship terms or mm-hmm. just like the fact of just having anybody, just somebody mm-hmm. that, especially because i've been like living here alone Mm. and uh just thinking about like how many times i've like fallen into depression just Mm. getting like sad or upset or like sin just any kind of sin if someone was here to keep me in check it'd be an entirely different story yeah so just like loneliness is never it never seems to be a good thing unless you're like seeking god unless you're being lonely for the purpose of seeking god if you're just leading a lonely life, there's just more negatives than positives, in my opinion. And this verse just kind of shows that when someone's there, 
you'll be helped out. Yeah. You are that's awesome. Right. Yeah. That's uh that's what started my or a part of what started my six months stint of depression was because I moved to uh, a city of death and decay, Augusta, Georgia. Um, I've heard and, not so good things about that place. Yeah, but like I hated it. Like there was nothing there for me. I had nobody, and I lived there by myself. So like I, I feel with that, Luke. Mm-hmm. Death and decay. Yeah, that's that's how I described it in my book. I didn't want to. I didn't want to call it out in the book, so I I described it as death and Just decay. To say, I mean, it's way more poetic than Augusta, Georgia. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I thought it was Augusta. No, it's Augusta. I mean, I guess it could be. Words are tough, dude. I should just not be English speaking. No. I mean, like when you look at Des Moines, like you wouldn't think it's pronounced Des Moines. I call it Des Moines. Okay, that's how you would think. We all do it right? here, like, yeah. like like as a joke, but like we forgot it was a joke apparently, and we all just stay, say Des, Mo- Des Moines. Nice. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Word. <laughs> word. word he says word <laughs> up it's word girl you ever see that show yes oh my god <laughs> anyway so the chapter pretty much ends by saying this that it's better to pretty much be poor but wise and, and then well, let me restart here <laughs> if the, the last part pretty much says it is better to be poor but wise but to be a wise youth than to be old and a foolish king so, Jared, how you kind of explain this to me is pretty much the poor people at the bottom of the totem pole. So it's yeah. better to be at the bottom of the totem, the totem pole, but be very wise than to be at mm. the very top of the totem pole and to be completely like no clue what's going on. Yeah. And so I that's think, kind of a – yeah. I think the – I mean what's, what's something about somebody if they refuse all advice? I think that they're just prideful. Yeah. Yeah. And so I really think that that's why it's so bad to refuse advice is because pride comes before the fall, right? And so if you're Ooh. so prideful that you refuse sound advice from any and everybody, then it, your your fall is about to occur. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely better to be poor and wise than to than to refuse advice. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much e the book okay. uh three three and four right. Yep. Yeah. 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 Well. Um. Yeah. So if you <laughs> if you if you heard this for the first time, you heard who Jesus was for the first time, and you know you really want a relationship with him. You know, like, um, Jared, you're really good at this, but I'm gonna keep going. So you realize we are just like animals. We mm. are just like animals. Like, we still breathe like them. There's gonna be a time where we all die. Like that sounds mm. bad, but there's gonna be a time where we all die. And you're kind of scared. You're like, I really don't know what's next. You know, these guys talk about how if we're not a child of God, we should fear the Lord for when that time comes. So if you felt any, I guess, conviction or a little guilty for not being a child of God, if you felt really uneasy, not knowing what's going to hold next for you, then there's a prayer that can kind of help you get started. Mm-hmm. This is a prayer that my church does every Sunday for, for new people. You know, this is a kind of a, a prayer to kind of get a fresh start, a prayer to kind of help you be like, okay, now it's time to go. Like, you know, but if, if, if you really want to experience God or you want to kind of start over, if you will, then Jared has a prayer for you. Yep. So uh, go ahead and close your eyes, bow your head or keep them open, whatever you want to do. Um, but uh, just pray it with me. Dear God, thank you for for sending your son to die on the cross for my sin. 
God, please forgive me. I'm an imperfect person living in an imperfect world. Come into my life. Change me. You are my Lord and my Savior. Please help me to live the rest of this life for you. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 So if you said that prayer, what we want you to do is I want you to reach out to us on Instagram. Let us know. And so we can give you next steps. Or better yet, you can join our Discord, um, which you'll have to find the link in our our Instagram or TikTok. Um, And then let us know there so that we can, again, show you the next steps. So we can uh, basically tell you how to become a disciple of Christ. So it'll be really neat. We look forward to you uh, reaching out to us. Don't be shy. Don't be scared. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Jared, you, 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 Luke, you, you send us off, man. All right, for sure. Well, thank you guys for listening. It's been a fun time, and we will continue Ecclesiastes in the future. <laughs> so, <laughs> Godspeed, guys. <laughs>